This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, not talking as loudly as I would normally because I've got neighbours and I'm at home. And I've already been yelling a lot this morning when I record the green screen videos. And I'm joined remotely, live via satellite. He was in the airport, but WWE called him and said just stay home. It's the self-isolating Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, from my studio apartment. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm a bit sleepy. I went for a stroll, a kind of a legal stroll, because it wasn't actually exercise. And it's only your one stroll that you're allowed per day. Yeah, I got one stroll. We laid down in the park for a bit. It's wonderfully quiet outside. (laughs) It's scheduled for one stroll. Yes. Uh, And yeah, so I just spent uh, about an hour at lunchtime laying in the park with the sun on my face. I can think of worse things to do on a Tuesday. Yeah, it's not bad. I went for a walk around my block, um, just did two whole laps after I had some lunch, watched some Parks and Recreation. Self-isolation is treating me A-OK currently, two days in, although we are now officially in countrywide lockdown. Well, well, come on. We get one stroll a day. (laughs) That is not lockdown. It's not an official, It's not a full lockdown. No, I suppose not. So we were in the park, and these two fluorescent people turned up. Two fluorescent <gasps> men. Yeah, and they're on bikes, and they just started <sighs> cycling around, not telling Aww. anyone to move. But you know, they were police officers, so we mm. got the hell out of dodge. Yeah, because they sound like they're ready to, like, you know, throw down some order. 
yeah. and make people return to their domiciles. It was like, how many right times word? have you exercised today, sir? Like, <laughs> this is my... Do you, do you count the pull-ups I've been doing on my door frame? Because Ooh, hello, humble be brag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do... Uh, I'm trying to do a put... Like a pull-ups on the hour every hour. Because that's the only bit of mm-hmm. exercise equipment, really, that has any kind of resistance in our house. Uh, and I, I always start off well in the morning when I'm riding the news mm-hmm. as my little mid-news break. And then I just stop and get lazy and drink tea. <laughs> and Anna's making a lot of cake, so I'll then eat some cake. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What, are you, what have you been up yeah. to? Well, we, uh, we're doing yoga of a morning mm. together, me and my wife. Uh, although we didn't this morning because I got up to watch Raw instead. Because, like, for whatever reason, despite the fact that I don't need to be up at six, really, to watch Raw, because I don't have, like, the hour-long commute into the office, but yet I still got up at the same time I normally would to watch Raw. So I don't know whether I still need to, like, work out how my, you know, Tuesdays work from now on, but I got up uh, and did not do any yoga this morning. So um, we're going to try and do double yoga tomorrow. But I've also got an app that's got some uh, like stretches and muscle type things that are 10 minutes in length because I've got such a short attention span for exercise. Like we were doing half good. hour yogas. Yeah, we were doing half hour yogas. They felt a bit long. It's a bit long. I think it's good to have structure, though. If you're waking up at that mm. same time, that's good for you. And uh, you, you should be doing yoga while watching Raw anyway. I've got to take my notes. Well, I think if you, I believe it's called the uh, the sort of angry cat. So you, get, if you could get in an angry or a or a happy cat position, you could still have the mm. keyboard on the ground and you could type away. <laughs> I think you mean like Cobra and things like cobra, that. Like that would be very as well. That'd be very difficult to type notes because you're trying to use your forearms to sort of like balance yourself and then try and type but you know I've, I've got to concentrate i've got to pick up on all of the great commentary from todd phillips and byron saxton uh and and watching them tiptoe around ever mentioning the biggest news story in the history of mankind why can't I they just know, say it d- because dude it's it's wrestlemania it's too big for one night like that's the reason why it's being held at the performance center well i you'll be happy to know have mastered sloth the sloth position uh, of yoga mm-hmm. And it's where I drape myself over the settee and nice. watch Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, you got Disney Plus now. I haven't actually fired it up yet. But that's what the ancient yogis had in their minds when they came up mm-hmm. with yoga. Fair enough. I think that sounds pretty good. Uh, my PlayStation, I discovered today, uh, just installed Disney Plus automatically. Like, I didn't even have to like select it as an app. It just downloaded it for me. So now I'm just getting lots of advertisements for like, hey, do you know what's on Disney Plus? All these shows you like, all those Disney afternoon classics that you loved. Bob Iger delivered us bread this morning. That their marketing campaign is insane to get people to download <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> right, but should we get on into the show yes, itself? Because we have got some questions that need to be asked, like, did uh, Cedric Alexander get knocked out on Raw? And what the heckins is a boneyard match? Here is the show. Was Cedric Alexander knocked out 
on last night's episode of Raw. This was in a tag match between Angel Garza and Andrade, who will be fighting for the Street Profits' Raw Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. Really cool match. It's come out of nowhere, but I don't really care because I'm bloody excited for it. And Cedric Alexander was tagging with Ricochet in kind of, I guess, a support group thing for people who have been abandoned by Vince McMahon. Yeah, I've called them Team Failed Push. Mm. Yeah, because, of course, both men, reportedly big Paul Heyman favourites, they were getting main event pushes. Ricochet fought for the WWE Championship last month. Remember that? Yeah, not that that long ago. Yeah, just a handful of weeks ago. I've lived 20 months in the few weeks (laughs) since then. And it's been a crazy few weeks. Yeah, but Cedric Alexander hasn't really been around at all, apart from losing to Riddick Moss in the 24-7 title scene. Ricochet also has sort of seen himself drop from the highs of the Saudi Arabia main event to being on main the main event show for jobbers and enhancement talent and undercard folks. Yes, um, but not this the match main was really, event. Really good. Mm. This was a really mm. good match, despite no crowd. And it ended kind of weirdly. Andrade missed a kick on purpose because Cedric kind of counted it. And Andrade followed that up with a spinning elbow, which, as we all know, even if it isn't your finisher, it is the most uh, devastating move in sports entertainment. He hit a Judas effect. No one kicks out. No one kicks out of the Judas effect. He hit Chris Jericho's Judas effect. I certainly believe that was meant to be a transitional or setup move for his actual finisher, the Hammerlock DDT. But Cedric Alexander just crumpled, and Andrade gets down there. The referee counts one, two, and then his hand comes down for a third, but it makes no noise. Because I I assume the referee was waiting for a kick out, and he was sort of doing that last-minute thing. But then he thought, wow, okay, he's not kicking out, and he counted a four with an actual sound. So technically it was a four-count for the referee. And yes. yeah, that's what happened. And Cedric actually kicked out on the three because like so the ref went one, two, went to do the three, stopped, and then did the three. And Cedric kicked out on the third one. So there is a possibility that Cedric just just took a nasty hit and just, you know, for a brief moment just got sort of knocked out not knocked out cold because when he got hit, he like Sean Michael himself around the ring like versus Hulk Hogan and just sort of like massively went all over the show and then it, it was the wind that it was the pin that was a bit weird so yeah I don't know if there has been a report as to whether or not Cedric did get knocked out or whether he did get hurt whether he suffered anything worse than that but yeah it was a really really bizarre finish to the match because as you say like people weren't expecting you know they're not usually expecting the, the Judas elbow at least from Andrade to, to finish off a match but it, there was also like when he got hit I shouldn't laugh really because you know he might have been seriously hurt but when he got hit this massive load of phlegm came out of his mouth like really like shot up into the air and uh, they did the big slow-mo replay of it to show just how much phlegm there was and just how much uh, stiff connection Andrade Mm. got on that elbow. Yeah, shades of uh, Xavier Woods in TNA when he just (laughs) chunked up a load of vomit when he was hit. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there. Is is everyone okay? Everyone can see us okay? Yeah, yeah. Everyone can see us fine. Everyone's saying, I mean, everyone's saying your connection's not great, but uh, uh, everyone is saying that it's, it's okay. Everything's running fine. Mine looks fine on my end. I think the government are stealing my internets. 
because they need it for their own devious plans of fabricating worldwide pandemics. Anyway, so uh, we'll, we'll talk about the actual details of that match later. The, the other thing to discuss is what the hell's a boneyard match? Let's do some fantasy booking. Well, okay, so I... So AJ Styles in his promo against The Undertaker and good lord did this have a lot of recaps because like they had a moment where they sort of said hey AJ is coming out later on tonight then they had a recap of The Undertaker AJ feud then there was an ad break then there was another recap of the AJ Undertaker feud that said all the same things the other two had said then AJ came out for a promo where he recapped The Undertaker feud and by that point I was like oof I'm bloody I'm done with this but he said that he is going to, uh, uh, you know, bury the Undertaker's career. He wants the dead man in action. Like, he doesn't want this guy who's wrestling in his slacks. He doesn't want this Mark Calloway fella. He wants the Undertaker. He wants the dead man. And then he says he wants a boneyard match. It's the Undertaker's favorite match. I'm going to bury the Undertaker. And then for the rest of the night, Todd Phillips and Byron Saxon were like, what the hell is a boneyard match? So... I wonder if we're going to get another big pre-taped segment that we the reported is going to well, reportedly we're going to get for the Cena Wyatt match. Apparently, we're getting like another House of Horrors type match there. I wonder if we're going to get the same thing for AJ Undertaker, and they'll just do like this sort of filmed fight sequence in a graveyard to perhaps you know cover up the cracks in the Undertaker's quite weak state you know because he's not the undertaker of old he's not the undertaker of 10 20 years ago he's the undertaker of 2020 that you know had to choke slam aj styles wearing a hat because it was almost too much for him to take the hat off and do the choke slam so maybe this is being done as a way to yeah to kind of like cover up the cracks that the match might have had otherwise yeah definitely because undertaker a lot of the appeal on these big matches is the crowd reaction. It's the entrance. It's the fans going wild when he does his shtick in the ring. Not not so much old school. I don't think he can get up there with those hips, but just the usual play in the hit spots. So to have that in front of no fans, and I think that's what WWE's really realised over the last week. Damn, without our fancy production, our big arenas, and all those people in the crowd, we're quite exposed as a, as a product. So yeah, they they focused on in-ring wrestling like we saw with Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. That was the match, wasn't it? And here, they are only letting their best in-ring wrestlers, you know, sort of intercontinental title wrestlers, wrestle these long matches on Raw or SmackDown. And a very NXT style. And for everyone else, they're giving promos to. uh, Which is really wise. It's the best thing to do. And hopefully it's sort of hard resets wwe as a product in general even after we're hopefully through all of this steve carino stuff but um yeah because that that uh, that gaza andrade versus ricochet alexander match as you said earlier was a really really good match i really really liked it uh but the the boneyard match i'm glad that the commentators did start to say we don't know what this is either because when AJ said it you know the way he set it up undertaker's favorite match it's like (laughs) oh is this an obscure thing from 94 that I missed? Did he wrestle IRS or something in a Boneyard match? <laughs> yeah. I had no yeah. idea. So, um, what, yeah, I think it is going to be a a pre-tape thing akin to a House of Horrors match, kind of like a movie. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah, so, like, I, 
I, I've got to believe some form of buried alive gimmick is going to happen as well. A coffin. I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate as well because we've we've opened up our WrestleMania predictions for Wrestle League um because you know there's worry that the results might get leaked so we've kind of put it up now and we will close it off as soon as like any sort of spoilers start to get out um and yeah i mean i've gone for aj to win this match but if it is you know is this going to be taker's last match in the u.s obviously i'll have all the saudi matches and stuff but you know how many more matches can the man have at least here we are kind of setting up this idea that this could be the undertaker's final outing and what better way to you know get rid of the dead man retire that character than to bury him alive you know bury him out in a graveyard oh god yeah well that's it i mean aj's winning well, that's what I've got. I've got AJ to win. And I I, yeah. I mean, I hope that AJ wins because what does The Undertaker get from beating AJ Styles twice? You know, Taker's already beaten him once. Let's not forget. Oh, so did I just say AJ wins? I actually meant AJ yeah. loses. I, what I meant oh. was AJ goes in the, in the burial spot, the literal burial. <laughs> I've got to think that AJ's getting the win here. But uh, I, I think this might be a smart move. And actually, like what we saw on SmackDown with the Miz and Morrison segment when they sort of like they had, hey, who's going to be our challengers for WrestleMania? And then they cut to Miz and Morrison in the crowd dressed up as the New Day and Miz and Morrison in the crowd dressed up as the Usos. I think what WWE have started to realize is that you can do more of this kind of pre-taped stuff mm. and kind of play with the, the, the wrestling format to do something like the the white Cena House of Horrors that's been reported, and you know a boneyard match where uh, you know AJ can literally bury the Undertaker. I think what would be great as well, like I'm thinking cinematically here. So AJ like throws him in, Gallows and Anderson join in, and they all start shoveling you know soot onto him, soot uh, soil onto him, right? And then they all walk away. They hold victorious. The referee says AJ is the winner, and then it just pans down hand pops out the grounds and that's like the final that's the final image as they go away and you see aj walking off in the background sort of out of focus <laughs> i i saw someone fantasy book like kane could get involved or other people because it's that sort of thing mm-hmm. and i thought well that's a great idea kind of like an ultimate deletion style thing but at the same time the whole point is to stop people being together right now <laughs> You can't just wheeling cane. Like, it doesn't work like that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Uh, shall we see what the super chats are saying? Um, Indeed. So William Gomez on the Boneyard match stip just says Taker needs to leave the WWE. Yeah. Taker just needs to leave WWE. Well, I think he means retire in general. I don't think he wants him to have, uh, you know, matches over in AEW or New Japan. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think that we are likely going to see kind of the undertaker because the report was if i remember correctly that taker sort of handpicked aj because he does see him as the next Shawn michaels right so maybe this could just be undertaker looking to have his last match i don't know uh and then just you know retire until the sort of saudi money rolls in and he's got to go and do the saudi shows i don't think so i don't think he sees i think he sees this as the new normal every year i'll find a talented worker to do most of the work in the match and i'll have my wrestlemania match and i'll have two saudi shows a year pretty sweet gig pretty sweet gig um dj chili phil somewhat unrelated but anyone here how about how they're still having the nxt takeover matches but now on nxt ttv starting on april 1st yeah, so that is the report that um, WWE are essentially just taping a load of stuff currently. They're taping episodes of Raw, they're taping episodes of SmackDown and NXT um, and WrestleMania because we've sort of said it on this show before, we don't know what's going to happen in seven days. You know, two weeks ago, we had people in buildings watching wrestling. The following week, then it was like, oh, we think, you know, it can be limited fan capacity and it wasn't it was an empty arena and now we're in an empty arena again like and you know the uk yesterday announced that effectively we are in a form of lockdown so who knows what's going to happen in seven days time so the smart play now is just to get a load of stuff in the can while you can and just start putting that out on tv in place of bringing out people every single week yeah or just or just do that do all the feuds like this with a slightly yes. laggy internet connection. Sean Turner, yeah. if the Cena match is pre-recorded, wouldn't it be awesome if they had Mortal Kombat entrances? Also, <laughs> I would like some CGI effects, but that might be mu- a bit too much. Oh, I could definitely see them doing a lot of stuff like, oh. you know, Bray Wyatt's in one sequence and then The Fiend is in the next. And sort of like, so Cena is like chasing the f- like Bray Wyatt around a house, but The Fiend keeps stopping him. And yeah, I could definitely see. I, I think they will do a literal Firefly Funhouse match, and it will be in this sort of like. Yeah, I mean, this this might be. I'm not sure if you have seen this, but you've seen the Twilight Zone movie, the uh, the the Joe Dante segment he did on that when he did It's a Wonderful Life is in this almost like 
because it's, it's a kid who can create anything he wants with his mind and because the kid is sort of like obsessed with cartoons and stuff he's essentially created this cartoon nightmare place for you know the family to live so i almost could see them doing <laughs> a literal firefly funhouse where cena just walks around this sort of ni- this nightmarish vision of a cartoon household with the fiend showing up and beating him up and bray white then teasing him and rambling rabbit and all this sort of stuff i think it will be yeah massively edited and i think it could be a lot of fun yeah well house of horrors and john- is is the is the benchmark so far i think that's easy to and john cena is definitely winning uh k amal wrestlemania would be amazing if the pre-tapped ma- pre-taped matches have the same cinematic quality as that lance archer promo last week I mean, that was a really good, well-edited promo, but I don't think it is the style that can sustain a 10, 15-minute match. Really cool three-minute vignette, but not, you know, not really beyond that. Yeah, no, I agree. Very much agree. Metal Bear. Missed the Seth promo today. Watched it just before this. How has he become my favourite heel? He was by far everyone's most hated face six months ago. Hashtag a lovely time with the boys. Yes, I thought that is Seth's my favourite thing on the was- show. I thought Seth's promo was rad. So, so great. Yeah, loved it. And you're absolutely right. Like, you know, what an amazing turnaround they've had. They've kind of gone with the grain of being like, do you know what? He's not getting the baby face support that he should have. Let's turn that into a character. And what a great character it is. I love it. actually began with um, oh I've got my notes out of order with the video package from last week which was where Paul Heyman and Drew McIntyre were kind of saying their sides of the feud argument between Drew and Brock Lesnar good stuff but I've seen it before and then it opened it was the exact same promo yeah. yeah then it opened on Paul Heyman in the ring crucially with the hard cam facing the entrance way yeah and i think this is a really i think this is a smart change i think this is a really good change because when you've moving the hard cam to now face like the titantron and the entrance it just looks way more like visually impressive and like visually more interesting it's what aew did on wednesday and i think it's the completely the right move did you see tony khan's tweet (laughs) yes i'm somewhat of a scientist myself Mm. Uh, so, (laughs) so paul Heyman's promo was basically you know brock's gonna beat you but there was some nice lines in there where these run certain times i've got something certain for you though brock lesnar wins so he, yeah. he didn't actually say spoiler but it's a, that that's the gist yeah he said the uh god's prayer line is going to be busy uh going to be a busy line during that match so that was a really nice line um then we went into the excellent three-way at the Royal Rumble 2015 between Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, and John Cena. I just skipped through it. I didn't watch it all because I've seen it, you know, quite a few times before. But just what a match! Yeah, didn't we have, like, a, a message about this quite recently? Like, a, a Patreon mailbag question or something. Someone saying, like, it's a real underrated mm. classic. And we were like, yeah, absolutely it is. And, yeah, just skipping through it again, it is such a great match. I remember at the time thinking it was, like, people were sort of a little bit down on brock at that time i remember um t- times have really changed and uh but i, I was like this is why brock is so great 
that moment when Brock rises from the table, like underneath, or like like Cena and Rollins sort of bury him under stuff, and then Brock just rises out the ground like Godzilla. It's absolutely amazing. Love it. Uh, after that, we got the AJ Styles Undertaker promo, and oh, before that, before that, we got a recap of the Gronk and mm-hmm. his debut on SmackDown, where he's a prick. Uh, he's a <laughs> Uh, he's an unlikable douchebag. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's quite an off-putting screen presence. <laughs> and from everything I've read, that's not the way the Gronk is. Everyone loves the Gronk. He's like a huge, well, okay. huge NFL star. But I think in WWE's distortion of what they think is fun, they've actually turned him into an unlikable prick, as you said. Well, from what I've gathered, because me and Pete talked about this in the SmackDown show, talked about how like maybe it's just because we're British and we don't get it, but he seems like an unlikable douchebag. Um, we've had quite a few me- emails in from people who have said, you know, we don't like him either. Um, but if you're a, a New England Patriots fan, which I believe is the uh, the football team he did a football for, Washington then uh, that's the one, yeah. Um, then you're really going to like him because you know he won all the the bowls of super and stuff like that. Um, the, the super bowls of soup, and so like he, uh, so they like him. But apparently, some other people ask, argue as well that that's not really who he is. He's just, he just plays a character um, outside of like what he is like in day to day life. I just think it's anno- it's it's terrible to bring back the hype character of Mojo Rawley because he's literally the worst thing to ever happen to NXT, and now we've just got him twice. And I am not looking forward to all the segments he's going to be involved in at WrestleMania. I really hope it's kept to us to one segment, to to one thing, and it involves Corbin and Elias. That's that's my hope. There's a lot of cracks to paper over on that pay per view. There's going to be a lot of skits with Gronk. <laughs> oh no! I, I really like Mojo Rawley. I really like his serious badass heel character. I didn't yes. even mind it when he was in the 24/7 title picture. But yeah, they've quietly moved him over to SmackDown. That's official. He's on the SmackDown roster now. They've just rebranded him like the last year didn't happen. Back into that obnoxious babyface character. And yeah, he's just ugh. It's a shame oh, because he's man. so much more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss Taserface. Mm. I'm gonna miss Taserface, Mojo Rawley. And it's kind of like you know, I like Natalia, but there was definitely a period where she was only there because Ronda Rousey was her friend, <laughs> yeah. and that's what this feels like. Poor Mojo, he's a smart guy. He's not there thinking, "Well, I'm talented. I'm getting a push off my hard work." No, it's because of who he's friends with. Uh, anyway, after that, we had the AJ Styles promo that we've already touched on. Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows are out there just for to sort of be impressive. And AJ did the thing that he's been doing the whole feud so far, which is where he just calls Undertaker lame. And I said in my mm. review earlier that this is great material because it's it's playing on that line of what's real and what's fake, but more what's real. But it's the sort of thing you can't have a heel say to the baby face when I agree with the gist so much because all the things mm. that AJ's saying Undertaker shouldn't be on social media Undertaker shouldn't be posting little charity videos which are quite frankly embarrassing where he's cuddling a tiger and with his wife on a pool like Undertaker's lame now and yeah, now, I know, and now I, the heel I, the lead heel in this feud is saying oh Undertaker's lame and I'm like yeah he is lame yeah, okay. I don't want to see this match. And it's 
Uh, and this is why I'm saying AJ's got to win because if AJ's cutting all of these promos saying that the Undertaker is lame, the Undertaker's broken down, the Undertaker's rubbish, and then he loses, like what does that do for AJ? Like that makes AJ look even more lame, even even more rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Well, just prepare yourself. Is, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh, this is when they just randomly announced on the WrestleMania card, I think it had been done on social media earlier in the day, that we're getting that tag match of Andrade and Garza versus the Street Profits. Yeah, That's a so, match I didn't know I wanted. No, I know. And it's, it's yeah, it, it just find, I find it frustrating because you're right. It is a match I want to see. I think it could, I think it's going to be a really awesome match. But you know what? Why don't we have a story? And then announce the match, as opposed to announce the match on social media, get to Raw, and then start a story. Because, like, you, you're just doing things out of order. You could have done it here, that Andrade and Gaza teamed up, and they beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, and the Street Profits were out in commentary, and then they have a bit of tussle with the Street Profits, and then they come out for the Street Profits match later, do something there, and then you announce the match, or someone lays out a challenge for the match. Maybe Vega says, you know, I want to, the, the tag titles, he's going to be the most decorated man, as opposed to some omnipotent president has just said, that's the match that's happening. And then they get to the show and be like, well, I guess we're doing a match, better start a storyline. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, there's there's no excuse really. Sure that everything's been thrown up in the air, but at the same time, you, it's you've got all of this stuff filming back to back, so you mm. should be able to tell a coherent story uh, if you if you think about it for more than half an hour. Really, it's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's I'm not complaining too much. It's weird because I kept on thinking no more no more matches no more matches for WrestleMania, and then they announced this match. I was like. Yeah, but I don't mind when it's that match. I don't. I don't mind that match. That's yeah. gonna be a good match. <laughs> uh, and then this went into the tag match between Gaza and Andrade against Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Really good match. Probably would have been even better if it went a you know a minute more or a few moves more to have the actual proper finish because that did end in some confusion. But yeah, the, the WWE made a definite definite concerted effort to make the wrestling more real and more modern, which means it doesn't need as much crowd reaction uh, to, to fill in those gaps. But they also did some really well-considered camera work, I thought. You you had the action in the ring, you had Zelina Vega at ringside, and you had the Street Profits on commentary. And the camera cut between all of those different sort of viewpoints, and it did make it feel a bit more like a movie because of it. Yeah completely agree and it actually felt like it had a bit of atmosphere like Asuka being on commentary last week sort of added a lot of colour to the to Andrade's match with, with Ray the sort of four minutes we saw of it I think this is just like I really enjoyed this match and again it's that we've said it for the last couple of weeks if you have really good wrestling you do forget there's no crowd there you just sort of just get invested into the action that's happening in ring so yeah I was a big big fan of this I thought it was a, a home run success I thought it was I got such an NXT vibe from it and it, it's it's a weird yeah. mesh of the two of the rost the main roster and NXT. Yeah, well, I mean, all four of them are you know former NXT alum, and very recently, Andrade's been up what for a year and a half, I think. But the Street yeah, Profits, two years, I think, yeah. Oh god, and the, but the Street Profits <laughs> in Gaza, relatively recently, uh, they they still yeah. feel fresh, and the setting is the Performance Center, which looks a lot like Full Sail, the way it's done up, uh, and then. The Street Profits just go straight in to this match with Shane Thorne, which was yeah, also pretty Jane good Thorne. for a squash match. 
formerly of the Mighty Don't Kneel and TM61. Um, yeah, it was just the Street Profits uh, beating up these two. It was Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, I think I got his name down mm. as. Um, they worked over Ford. Dawkins got the hot tag. Big, big frog splash by uh, Ford for the win. But fine stuff. I think he should call it the Ford splash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Andy Datsun's not the only one packing puns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the yeah, I thought Shane Thorne was was really impressive here. He hit His this cannonball, cannonball was wicked. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. It was really good. Um, but Ford as well as a performer. There's no one there in the crowd, but he's so charismatic. He can play to nothing. He just started yeah. yelling at the other wrestlers. There was a moment when he did the the exaggerated shh motion before he chopped um, Thorne. I think it was. And, and yep. then he pretended to sell it like he hurt himself. Just really yeah. good stuff from Ford. And yeah, just just the way it was all presented, the wrestlers, the setting, just the 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 booking. A slower, more realistic style of stories. I just I just this felt like it was written more by Triple H and Paul Heyman as opposed to Vince mm. McMahon ripping up a script. Yes, I agree. Uh, we got a recap of uh, Truth winning back the 24-7 championship from Reddick Moss over the weekend. So I guess that's the end of that Reddick Moss storyline that no one can beat him for the 24-7 title that I think got mentioned once or twice. But anyway, Truth's a champ again. He's like, you yeah. know, a 64-time champion or something. Yeah, of all of all the things, of all the plans that have been scuppered because of coronavirus, I, d- I don't care about this one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but mm. weirdly... Another sort of out of nowhere development. They're running through the WrestleMania card, and they're like Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, Goldberg and Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley and Alistair Black. And I'm so what? what? <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah, that again was announced on social media. Um, it was like a couple of hours before Raw started. They announced the tag match and this match, and like I think the. The, the WrestleTalk.com put up as just like two very odd matches have been added to <laughs> WrestleMania because these are like rando matches. Yeah, we're getting Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Apropos of nothing, we're getting this match. Have you read the WWE.com article previewing this match? <laughs> it says it some... <laughs> in the opening line, they might not have that much history together. <laughs> and then they just go on from there. So it has to happen at WrestleMania. <laughs> the showcase of the last minute booked feud. Just just weird. It's too big for one night. Too big for one night. Uh, Shayna Baszler then had a sit-down promo with Charlie Caruso in the ring. They Again, they really made an effort to get the most out of their various setups. So you, you had a split between people talking in the ring, people talking on the stage, people... When they're talking in the ring here, you know, at the chairs, they had spotlights on Caruso and Baszler, making it look different again, hiding the fact that there's no fans there. Just really smart production tricks that they, you know, should have done from the get-go, but better mm-hmm. late than better, yeah, late than never. Yeah, I thought uh, Baszler had a nice line here because she wasn't answering any of Charlie's questions, and uh, Charlie looked a bit kind of scared by it. And uh, so Baszler was like, "Hey, you know, why are you asking me some questions? I'm not going to bite." And then mm. we're like, "Sorry." I had to get that one in there. Um, and she keeps saying, you know, what can Becky expect at WrestleMania? She's like, she can expect to lose. Um, Charlie did ask stupid questions like, why do you like to destroy? <laughs> it's like, 
it's just what I do and I'm going to destroy Becky at Mania and take her title and then because of the way they filmed this and as you said they just did it in spotlights and them on the chairs like literally from out of nowhere Becky hits Shayna Baszler with this steel chair like Shayna just goes down like from this steel chair shot the lights come up and Becky's standing over her which I thought was visually very nice I really really liked this Mm. yeah it was fine it's weird they're doing cool things people are eating people Becky is driving her own truck she's toasting stone cold steve austin she's emerging from the darkness to attack people with chairs i just don't feel a goddamn thing between these two well i think it's because this story has been quite muddled you know we've talked about this at length of just like they they sort of told things out of order they had becky be serious one week then she came out as conor mcgregor the next week then came back as serious the following week so like all of that's been really odd and i think it has meant that this feud has started on the back foot and it's now trying to move forward and i do think the last couple of weeks pretty much since the chamber it has been going in the right direction and i have been sort of enjoying the 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 stuff between these two um and i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with it next week because likely we'll you know we've had becky cut a promo we've had Shayna cut a promo so maybe next week we'll get a uh, you know a face-to-face promo a pull-apart brawl that can really add some more uh, fuel to this fire but I, but I think they're making some steps in the right direction well speaking of steps in the right direction they took their first step for alistair black uh, <laughs> he, he beat a, an enhancement talent called leon ruff and he just yeah he sort of sat down cross-legged, dodged a move, black mass for the win with the spectre of Bobby Lashley in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I th- weirdly, I thought Alistair Black in an empty arena worked. Yeah, I really, so really intense. liked it, yeah. Yeah. But And I liked, I thought Leon's selling of like how scary Black is was really good. Um, yeah, it's just it's a kind of a shame that this is leading to a Bobby Lashley match that means hmm. absolutely nothing. Um, when you didn't really pay off the Lashley Rusev storyline that was quite hot at one point, or the Black Rollins stuff, or anything, yeah, really. you know, yeah. Uh, but of all the things that, now, it's weird. I'm in a state now, and this next segment was the one that really, really hit it home for me. Not having any fans is making some parts of WWE so, so, so much better. Not like asterisks, oh, it's better, like, despite the situation. I'm talking like, no, this is genuinely better than what they were doing for the last 15 years. So what Mm -hmm. we had here, Kevin Owens comes down to the ring, he calls out Seth Rollins, he says, answer my challenge for WrestleMania, and Seth comes out with a microphone, not with his faction because social distancing, and he walks around the ring while cutting a promo, and then he, you know, gets to the top, and that's it. That's the end of the promo. But my God, the content, the delivery, the fact that there was no crowd to hijack the segment. They're not chanting what? They're not ironically chanting one more time, or probably worst, they're not reacting at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes the yeah. pressure off. And it just, what I always forget is that wrestlers are amazing actors with their bodies. And you kind of lose sight of the fact that a lot of them are just very talented actors in general. And Seth Rollins here put on a hell of a good performance. This was such a great promo. Like, because Owens' promo last week, and what I loved is that this promo was all built off of what Owens Owens said last week. So Owens' promo last week was, I want to have this match in the performance center because 
this is my home turf. Like this is where I've got the home field advantage because this is where I trained. Seth Rollins didn't train here, but I did. But Rollins comes out and just completely turns that on his head being like, yeah, no, I, you know, trained in FCW. That was a dirty warehouse. I rebuilt that system just like I'm trying to rebuild Raw. And what you've missed, Kevin, is that there is no performance center without me. I'm the reason why this is here because, you know, we were in dirty warehouses before. Now we've got this because of people like, because of the hard work that I did, you got to prosper from a better training facility. Without me, there is no Gargano. There is no Tommaso Ciampa. There's no Undisputed Era. There's no women's revolution without Seth Rollins. And there's no Kevin Owens either. And I, I thought the content of this promo was so, so good. And then talks about, yeah, it's like, do you know what? My Mania track record is amazing, but yours is not. Hey, oh, you weren't important enough to even be on the card last year. You remember that? Because Owens didn't even go to the show. Owens was at home last year. I thought this was a fabulous, fabulous promo that gave this, and this feud has been going for quite some time now, but it's added, like, the last couple of weeks have added some really interesting wrinkles to it, and it's, I, it's one of my most anticipated matches for, for Mania. Same. In, in one promo... Seth Rollins took this from the big schmoz fest, which is always fun and there's a fun new faction and the promo works all right and the matches are always exciting because there's like eight people in there all hitting their finishes for the last five minutes of the main event. But really, like, did anyone have, like, get their teeth into Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens? There were so many other factors. Big Show's in there one week. Buddy Murphy has this relationship. All good stuff, but... Actually, when it boils down to it, there's no real great blood feud, singles feud in there. But yeah, in one segment, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and whoever was in charge of writing this segment with them turned it into this epic history-spanning rivalry between yeah. Seth getting in there first. And God, he made... I love it when... We talked about AJ Styles earlier and the points he made about The Undertaker essentially being true. And I said, that's usually a good thing, but here it's not working. In Seth's case, this is perfection. Because he says all that stuff. And I'm like, I believe you. And I'm you're, you're making me think of things I've never thought of before. Because I always consider CM Punk and Daniel Bryan as the guys who got over in spite of WWE's booking and made WWE change their mindset for what a wrestler can be going forward. I don't, I don't think that can be argued with. I think that's quite clear. But they've never been the chosen guys. Punk and Brian were never pushed as the top guys in the company. Seth was. Nope. Seth yeah. was the guy that actually got this massive push behind him. And WWE finally decided, yes, wrestlers can look and wrestle like you, dot, 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 dive. So I just thought an absolute, absolutely tremendous segment and I, I'm optimistic that this will show WWE that the way they do promos going forward... Oh, come on, man. Give me something. <laughs> <laughs> I only get one hour of exercise a day. <laughs> it makes me optimistic that WWE will keep this approach to promos going forward. Dude, I love your optimism. Yeah. I genuinely love your optimism. It's one of my favorite things about you, but... I think you're bucking up the wrong tree here, lad. <laughs> if you think, like, once this is all sorted out, we're going back to where we were four weeks ago. Like, nothing's going to change. Well, we'll see. 
Uh, then we got uh, another replay match, Charlotte versus Asuka for WrestleMania 34. You know, a bit of a good match, but a, a bit of a soul-crushing match at the end because that's the end yeah. of Asuka's of streak. Yeah, I've written here. It's a moment I still can't quite believe happened. I um I watched that match with Laurie and Simon, um, and the three of us were just sort of dumbfounded, and I just sort of laughed. I was like, "Huh, oh, they just beat her, all of that, mm. and they just beat her." It was very very weird. It was a weird. What mania. a weird show that was. Mm. Such a weird mania. That was the first mania that you and I sort of reviewed with me being on full time. And we just went in there because you were in this sort of like delirious phase having just watched it because you didn't watch it live where you were like, it was the bizarrest WrestleMania I've ever seen in my life. And you were like giddy with excitement because it was so weird. Um, (laughs) But this cut to Charlotte backstage with Charlie and she runs through her accomplishments. She's going to beat Rhea Ripley uh, at WrestleMania. But I I think it's, I, I really like this use of big time matches, you know, with big crowds because it really breaks up the no fans thing uh, over the three hours. I actually thought the concept of this promo was really nice as well, because she, as the heel, she's 100% a heel. As the heel, she was like, yeah, I thought that match was inspiring. And she kind of runs down her WrestleMania credentials of being like, you know, I retired the Divas Championship and became the first WWE Women's Champion of the modern era. I uh, beat Asuka, you know, and I ended her streak. I main evented WrestleMania. And you know what? I think Rhea Ripley could learn a thing or two from my matches. Woo! Woo. And then just sort of walked away. The woo at the end was cack, but like <laughs> I thought the rest of the content was actually pretty good. This is going to be good. This is going to be so woo. good. It's too good for one night only, Luke. It's t- it's too big for one night, mate. It's just too big. There is no other reason <laughs> we've split this card over two nights. <laughs> no, it's too big. The card's too big now. Uh, and the final main event segment was just an just another excellent promo. Randy Orton comes out. He stays on the stage again, giving some variety to these these promo heavy shows essentially. And he the content of this is great too. He said how Edge said last week that Randy lacks grit. The grit taught to them, handed over to them by Mick Foley. But then Randy says, well, you know, depends what you mean by grit, because I see grit as longevity, as being the only constant in that locker room. I don't think grit is staying at home, looking up at the ceiling for nine years. Just a killer line. Yeah, and I I thought this was great. And what I really liked about this is how Randy set this all up as him having to clarify his earlier remarks. He apologised. He was like, I'm sorry, maybe I didn't make myself clear enough. And then, st- like, putting the blame on us for misunderstanding his actions and then still yeah. just explaining the same thing. No, no, I'm I'm trying to kill you because I love you. Yeah. <laughs> do you not, yeah, do you not yeah, get I'm doing that? It. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing it for all the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. And again, it played off the promo that Edge did last week, where Edge said, you know, Randy, you only got where you got to because of your last name, which is kind of like, it's a common trope that WWE have done over the years. They've you know, done it with uh, Charlotte Flair and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, he said, like, you only got, you were handed all of your opportunities. I had to work and claw to get my opportunities. And Randy was like, goes, um, yeah, you know, I was handed an opportunity because of my last name, but I wasn't handed those titles that I won in my first year. RKO wasn't handed to me. I made that. And then... Then my favorite part of this sort of killer line is when he said, "Go, 
you know, if Triple H had offered you the position in Evolution, would you have turned it down? Like, that's really, really good, because that is... You've got to imagine, like, Edge probably go, like, would I have turned it down? I always remember this. Uh, so this is w- way off track, but it's kind of the same thing. They've always talked about how uh, Kane Hodder is, like, the most famous guy for playing Jason Voorhees. Uh, he did it in 7, 8, 9, and 10. But he wasn't playing... He didn't play Jason in uh, Freddy versus Jason. They got Ken Kersinger in because Ken Kersinger is way, way taller. And Ronnie you wanted that sort of big and small dynamic. And people have always asked, you know, saying, like, it should have been Kane, it should have been Kane, it should have been Kane. And Kane has talked about it, you know, he's like, oh, I wish it could have been me, I wish it could have been me. And he's he i was at a q a that he did a few years back where he said i've kind of like i've said all my piece i've said everything that is to say about that topic um and someone stood up and said um i don't know if you've been asked this before but if the roles were reversed would you have taken the job if ken kersinger had played jason and then you were offered it and he was like wow i've never considered it from that angle before yeah i would have done like I would have taken that job because I'd have taken the work. And I thought about that with Edge here. It's like Edge is sitting there being like, oh, you know, you bastard, you were handed all your opportunities. But if that role was reversed, you know, Edge now as a character got to sit there and be like, Phew, actually, yeah, maybe I would have taken that spot. And maybe and I, I thought it was a really, really clever line. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think that's the mark of really, really smartly told, complicated stories with the randy orton and edge feud and also the owen seth feud that's just like popped out of nowhere really this week and and that's mm-hmm. it just makes you sort of look at other things in your life and go oh yeah it applies to that too and oh well i've never thought about it that way before like how often do you get that with a wwe feud that it stimulates your mind so much where you start to actually think about it i did yeah and that's why i gave this four out of five stars this episode and that is not a you know because it's a because of the whole steve carino thing i think this is a genuinely good show and it's the first great show they've done and they've adapted very quickly really they've done what three shows once two smackdowns and one raw before this one last week's raw was just you know adult swim doing wwe this one was a genuinely good studio wrestling show i i I really 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 liked it and it's it's an episode that will stick with me for a while me and pete said this on the smackdown review that we we thought that oh wwe have worked it out now they've they've figured Mm. out what they need to do with these empty arena shows and i do think that raw is now on that similar you know plane it, it's sort of they've worked it out you don't do four minutes of wrestling and a load of promos and a load of recaps you can balance all of that with promos and recaps and uh archive footage and in-ring wrestling and storytelling and you can just make a very because this show did not i mean granted you know i skipped over the two archive matches but it still didn't feel like it was three ma- you know three hour long show i thought it was a really really well structured episode of raw yeah Yeah, totally agree. Joey Spade, Boneyard Match, sounds like a pirate ship gimmick. Yeah, it could be like a Pirates of the Caribbean sequel that we didn't see. Tales of the Boneyard. Mm. Uh, King Rasta. Laurie fantasy booked that it was going to take uh, place in front of like in like the elephant boneyard from uh, the Lion King. King Rasta, aka Kyrie Sane's current boyfriend. Just think about it. Someone is actually blaming Steve Carino for what's going on. 
pensive emoji. No, are they? I don't think so. They better not be. It's not his fault. Uh, Moin Kaniv. Cena, it's, it's the Illuminati's fault. Cena versus Wyatt in an abandoned <laughs> asylum traces back to the original Firefly Funhouse episodes. WWE could make that look awesome. Fan from Australia, Swift Under. Thank you very much. I mm. agree. I agree, Moin Kaniv. I think it could be really, really fun. And... I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really stoked about the Cena-Wyatt match because I kind of wish it still had the title attached to it. But do you know what, dude? I'm kind of intrigued by it now. I'm kind of excited to see what they did. Because, I, I mean, I am one of the few people that liked the House of Horrors match because I thought it was really camp, goofy nonsense. So I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do this time. I think, uh, yeah, it would be... I don't think they've got the time, unfortunately, to do the full version of this concept but some version where Cena is trying to find Bray in an abandoned asylum and, you know, each room maybe picks up something and it has a flashback to essentially Bray's transition from Wyatt family leader through Broken through to The Fiend. Mm -hmm. And it's like people trying yeah. to treat him and stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Sean Turner, God's line is busy. Is a JR line in Kane versus Eric? So that's oh, uh, where that apparently it's been from. used before. Nate okay. Trump's surname. Screw it. Just go full cartoon. Have a Scooby Doo chase scene in the Hall of Doors. <laughs> Cena chasing yes. Bray back and forth across the hallway with Rabbit, Abby, Mercy, etc. Zigzagging in between. I love that. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Why not? Dude, we're getting a new scoop. We're getting a new Scooby Doo movie. So you know, like, try and capitalize on this. Injection. You forgot the ref botch pin, and I want your sunshine. No, that was the lead thing we talked about. That's, yeah, we talked about it at length uh, at the start of this show. Beautiful sunshine today. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Colostopia, can't wait for a four-hour mania. Or fourteen-hour mania. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, it won't be. It won't be fourteen hours this time. It will be two smaller shows. It'll be two smaller four-hour shows. Do you think it will be longer overall? I think yeah. we're getting oh, two four-hour two- shows. I think we're getting two four-hour shows with two-hour pre-shows. So that's a 12-hour so, show. Yeah. Uh, that's longer than what across, it was before. But it's split across two nights because uh, it's too big for one night, you see. Zach so now Icon, they split it across two Zach nights. Zach Icon Linda. I don't mind these rando matches. It's a payday. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Like, just randomly announcing Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley doesn't really have that WrestleMania feel to it. No, no, totally agree. Plus, I hate that. Uh, argument where it's a payday get everyone on the card no make the best thing for me i'm the fan i am entitled and i think i have a right to be zach icon linda again they should call it no fans monday night raw we'll be in touch with our lawyers matthew robinson (laughs) wwe should do matches now but do wrestlemania later by itself maybe between SummerSlam and survivor series uh, I think that ship has sailed, um, pun intended. I, I think we're just getting WrestleMania with no fans. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be a different WrestleMania to how we've seen it previously. But you're right, Matthew. I think people are going to look back on this, and with hindsight, that's what they should have done. Uh, King Rasta again. Glad to see your neck healed up properly, Luke. Rolling on the floor yeah. laughing emoji. I mean, it's no laughing matter. I was very seriously injured. But uh, yeah, you know, we've we've consulted the doctors. We've talked about this in the last couple of episodes. They advised me to sort of like nut up and shut up and just take the the thing off. I didn't really need it, but you know, I I, I I'm soldiering through, and I, I you know I'm feeling much better now. I'm sleeping much better. Um, 
on wrestle talk related a16 adam walker said i hate to tell you ollie but you're not live no one in the chat is here your mind is just unraveling from isolation uh-oh uh, i have been going a bit crazy ray benshop thank you for the content lad stay safe cheers ray Thank you. Uh, Zach is saying Ollie is being absorbed into the Matrix. Yeah, you've been unfortunately quite glitchy ah. uh, at, at various points. Um, the podcast audio should be very clean, though, because we're recording that separately. I um, will look North- into um, hardwiring my connection next time. Sorry, folks. Yeah. What we could do what we could do for the AEW review is we'll set it up that you open up this program. We'll talk about this off mic because this is more like back end stuff. Uh North Strider said, I've been watching every Royal Rumble in chronological order to pass the time in quarantine. What have you guys been up to? What what have you been up to, Ollie Davis, apart from all the content you've been making? Yeah, I've been making a video every day. Uh and they take an enormous <laughs> amount of time to do so. That's been that's been my days. Um but I, I it was it's my birthday on Sunday. Uh, all my birthday stuff has been cancelled. But mm. I got sent an early birthday present from my mum and dad, which I asked for, because I am 32 this Sunday, which means I got a food processor. Yeah! <laughs> Made pesto yesterday. I'm gonna... Oh, oh, beautiful! Gonna make some dough tomorrow. Um, what else did we make, <laughs> Anna? What did we make on... What did we make on Sunday? She's not listening. I don't, I don't even know no. if she's real. <laughs> I was going to say, I think she's just trying to ignore you. She doesn't want her voice. Remember when we did the? Uh, I told you that we got engaged, mm. and you we and Anna was in the like, she was in the other room, and you ran in to tell her, and then she came in and realised the microphone was on and was like, "Well, I'm not saying anything now. Just, <laughs> just going to say." <laughs> um, uh, pro wrestling reviews. Wrestle Talk is my go-to for wrestling news. What is the video editing editing software you use? Also, do you think that Dustin Rhodes deserves a world title win? Uh, we use Adobe Premiere pretty much exclusively uh it's I, th- I think it's the best one as well uh after final cut pro shot themselves in the foot and avid became obsolete uh dustin rhodes no i unfortunately not i love the guy but i'm also a big believer that not everyone deserves a world title win in fact i think the idea of deserving a world title is is a misunderstanding of the business Mm. The Goon. Um, the Goon! Wrestle Talk knows how WWE should book it better, Winky Face. Well, on that, next week on Parts Unknown, uh, Adam the Blompier has been working hard on a how Adam would have booked video for WrestleMania 36. And it's too big for just one video. <laughs> it's two videos. <laughs> Uh, and lastly from Jobber JJ 496 Ollie Davis's number one fan trademark I missed you guys thank you so much six hard emojis and two thumbs up thank you very much thank, thank you, you very, very much, much. well this has been this has been our first actual live stream in this sort of uh, isolation uh, world so I'm hoping that it's gone okay I'm hoping that people have enjoyed it I'm operating I've got my laptop here and I've got my Mac up there so I'm kind of operating across multiple systems here but I think it went okay, mate. I'm uh, I'm I'm currently balancing my microphone on a copy of Full Metal Alchemist <laughs> and two two Dishoom cookbooks because they're mm. gifts for people. <laughs> but we can't give them I've to just... them. 
I've got a two two mice in front of me uh, to to operate the two computers that I'm currently using. Um, but yeah, uh, do you want to do? Oh, I'm just using the wrong mouse now to try and end this stream. Do you want to do your usual outro, you know and we'll get on out of here? What else you got? <gasps> disguise. Yeah, but that's a... Uh, Ollie, uh, but it's a reissue. You're not a true fan. Do you want to hear me do the sound effect? I'd love to. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so you are going to get us that IDW uh, subscription uh, so that we can all so that we can all read Transformers comics together, right? That's not... We can't do extra expenses in the current climate. <laughs> Okay, right. Okay. Uh, but thank you, everyone, all so much. Please go over to Patreon, uh, where we'll have our... I can't put this back in now. Um, <clears throat> where we'll have our WrestleMania 26 uh, podcast, exclusive to Patreon, up later. Me and Luke are going to record that now. Um, can, I can I just interrupt you there? Sorry, then. I just was checking out the, uh, the chat, and there was just a message from John Mel that made me laugh that said, Ollie is very middle class. Why am I middle class? With my food <laughs> processor. <laughs> And your your cookbooks and whatnot. How dare you? I can't cook. <laughs> Just like food. Um, oh, what's this over here? Oh, yeah, that's uh, my hazelnut and cocoa uh, nut butter. Mm. Mm. I've got a uh, sorry, I'm taking this off. I've got a, a big model of jay from jay and silent bob here on that's my cool. desk that's cool we're just getting into show and tell now i think if you're watching yeah. 58 minutes in this is the sort of content you love uh, i got and this from my I've friend got... two years ago for my birthday it's a it's a it's a thor ha thor hammer but it's totally <laughs> totally soft it's a meow meow uh, I've also got a photo of Ollie and I from the oh. YouTube Christmas party of us throwing glitter at each other. That's a nice one. You're gonna it's like, a nice photo. You're going to like this, Luke. I've yeah. got a scent diffuser. <laughs> which... <laughs> does, does eucalyptus... It's got. <laughs> it, it makes I mean, well, of course it's got. More. Of course it's eucalyptus. What else would it have been? Yeah. Uh, well, it could have been geranium. Could have been orange. Um, <laughs> in fact, Luke. Mm hmm. <laughs> it could have been any number of. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Uh, we had this email in from Austin on the subject of the Gronk, who says, uh, Hey guys, uh, not sure if Andy will be back next week or not, but anyways, uh, on to the Gronk. Uh, he's a big deal for American football. He's part of the New England Patriots, which seem to win every year. He's one of the best players until he retired. That being said, he's not a beloved American figure. He is loved by Patriots fans, but the Patriots are the team that literally everybody else hates. I'm sure there are soccer teams. Uh, there are the same way that people are just tired of hearing and seeing win. I know it's called football in every the country, but I don't want to confuse the email by talking about both sports. So just imagine one of the top players in one of those soccer teams that everyone hates except for the fans according to wwe that's how gronk is viewed by americans hope this helps to understand uh, that there are where he stands in the eyes of americans that's from austin i think austin in trying to work out like trying trying to find a succinct non-confusing way to tell us what's happening you've made me very confused you could have just <laughs> said they're the roman reigns of nfl right yeah is that what you're getting at I think that's what he might Speaking be getting at. Like I think that's. Yeah. 
this is coming from Amir, who says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, and the Wrestle Talk team. Hope you're having a good day. As you may know, there has been a massive Steve Carino outbreak in Iran for more than mm. two months. In this period, I've been working six days a week from nine until eight p.m. without any remote working until uh, without any remote working till our New Year's holiday. Now, after three days of the new Iranian year, most of my colleagues and I have been fired from our jobs via a WhatsApp message. Oh my god! It's it's not been an easy couple of months and by the look of it it's not going to get any better till at least the summer in this time uh, only thing would give me a reason to not give up be entertained and put a smile on my face is you guys and your consistently amazing content thank you for all your hard work a member of the SWAF nation from Iran Emir I'm so sorry about that Emir what a, what a douchebag move as well after all that work yeah. you put in beforehand to, yeah. to just let people go on WhatsApp yeah I know yeah and this uh, on the same sort of subject to it there was no GIF attached. Oh, oh what the WhatsApp, WhatsApp message. message? You know, like <laughs> that sort of the the one where a lady flips all the documents on her desk with the caption "It's mm-hmm. Friday." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that really would have diffused the situation. Thing. Yeah, um, be on the lookout for that, one that of the... GIF, Luke. <laughs> Uh, this one comes in from Harry who says hey Luke and everyone at Rest Talk hope everyone is keeping safe in these scary times as more of the country gets told to self-isolate unfortunately in my job I'm in the thick of being a bus driver and we play a big part in the northeast keeping the region moving all the social works care workers supermarket employees who rely on us to get them to where they can to help others it's getting scary out there uh, the longer this goes on the quieter the roads get and the buses are almost empty even at peak times uh, one of the main bus stations I serve is attached to a massive shopping centre and it's like a ghost town. Newcastle City Centre, Newcastle, is also a ghost town. I've no idea what, uh, uh, how safe I am or how long I, we go until everything is cancelled, but I know it is scary and to take it day by day. I just want to thank you and the Rust Talk crew because if it weren't for you guys and the amazing and my amazing fiancé, I wouldn't be able to get through this. Uh, use keep a smile on my face and distract me from the horrors of the outside world. Love and well wishes from Harry. Oh, Harry, is is that the same chap? I mean, I mean, I don't know how many Geordie bus drivers listen to the show, but it, the guy it, it who is transported the, same Harry. The, the WWE roster from a plane, right? That's correct. Harry yes. Iverson. Yes, that's what correct. a memory. What a memory. <laughs> but yeah, um, that one of the best Rusev Hayes of all time from Harry. Uh, but yeah, well done, man, for. For, mm. for herding those people around. I think um, we, we're really going to see a shift in thinking of, you know, when you think of service people, you, you tend to think of people on the front line of wars. But hopefully after this, it won't just include them. It'll be like, you know, people in shops and people uh, in the health service. And of course, people who are still working today like bus drivers. Uh, we'll have this last email here from uh, David Dela Cruz, who says, "Hello, Luke and Ollie. I just wanted to share my wrestle talk. Get better. Oh, hey. Last week, Ollie mentioned about the fasting he did and talked about the keto diet. I started doing keto back in August, and it really helped me a lot, giving up a lot of carbs and eating more protein, meat, veggies, and cheeses. My goal of getting better started around 2017 because I was at my heaviest of 249 pounds. I started by eating less, and it helped, and I lost 20 pounds, but then gave uh, then gave up and went back to my old eating habits until I saw a picture." of how I looked and started doing the keto diet. It was very hard at first because of the self-control you need to have and the results were great. Currently, I'm at 210 pounds now and I can wear clothes and suits I haven't been able to wear in years. Also, I'm able to wear my wedding ring again. My goal is to get to 195 pounds. I'm getting there, but it's a little hard because I work nights 10 to 30 p.m. to 7 a.m. So working out and exercising is harder to do with my work schedule and being the father of three wonderful kids. I've included pictures of my progress and changes. Thank you so much for the content you guys put on the podcast. 
helps me as I work on doing patrolling during the quiet nights. Well, thank you very much, David. Unfortunately, I can't show the pictures to Ollie because uh, of where we currently are, but I'm looking through them and you have made some incredible progress, mate. I can visualize the progress. That's 30 pounds. You mm. are, and this must be annoying and frustrating for you, five pounds off of competing on 205 Live. <laughs> Until Vince McMahon can officially considers you too small to push in the main event scene. Isn't that the dream? Yeah. To be a cruiserweight? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm sure it's what um what's his face? God, that was Jordan Devlin. Finn I'm Balor. sure it's what he really yeah. wanted. Is he the cruiserweight champion? Mm. I don't know who the cruiserweight champion Possibly. is anymore. Yeah. Um, right, but we'll bring it to a close there, mate, because you and I have still got more work to be done around these here parts. Um, but thank you all so much for listening and thank you for sticking with us during these times. Um, as we talked about in the show, we're going to be releasing more of our Patreon content out into the free feed every Monday. So make sure you stay subscribed for all of that goodness. Um, and yeah, we will see you on Thursday for the AEW review. There might even be an NXT review uh, this week, but we are making a call on that on the day but until then take care i love you goodbye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.